everybody, welcome back to the Great and Terrible AHS. We're on the last episode of the show, not the podcast, because they're we're, this. Oh my God, they make choices. Hey, everybody, it's the last episode of the season of the show. Madness ends. Um, I'm joined once again by Miss Shadow, Lovely, and Slow Beef. Hey, game. Hey, game, Hello. Game, ga- gamers. Hey, game, gamers. Like gang and gamers at the same time, and get gangers. That's nothing. <laughs> hey. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, this episode yeah. blows, yeah. man. It's yeah. so bad. Holy shit. I just want to preface this with, like, I don't really get mad at TV a lot. I usually just <laughs> get, like, quietly, fatherly disappointed with it. I'm just kind of like, I thought you could do better, you know? But this one, I was like, what are you doing? Like, it was like me yelling at somebody who's about to harm a child. Like, what yeah. are you doing, you idiot? <laughs> like, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they make they make uh, they make choices. They definitely commit to some choices in this episode. Um, all of the choices are baffling, just truly baffling. Yeah. And, and like as a heads up, there's going to be a lot of random um, time shifts, and we're going to do our best to keep track of like what period of time you're in but there's a few times where they just randomly jump back and forth between wh- what I'm thinking of as quote unquote the present versus. You know, Briarcliff time yeah. versus the beginning of Briarcliff time to a part in the middle of Briarcliff time and now time back to Briarcliff time now to now time. And like, we're going to do our best. But if you're ever confused as to where we are, yeah, so that's are understandable. Yeah, my, my, oh my God. My absolute favorite part of this, of what you just said, is that I think at a certain point they realized how fucked up and stupid it was because they would just start having characters like arbitrarily say what year it was for like kind of no reason in a place that like you wouldn't mention what year it was. Like at one point, one character in the middle of like giving a heartfelt speech is like, it's 1971. You need to stand up for yourself. I'm like, no, no one would say that. You're just saying <laughs> that so we know when it happened. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Um, it gets uh, it gets bad right off the bat because we start with um, <laughs> <sighs> it's Johnny, baby. It's the guy everyone hates. <laughs> it's Johnny, but like, it's Johnny, and the way that they are framed it is that. This is supposed like okay the way that the show framed it it's wrong by the way how how, how I'm explaining it is wrong it's not what's actually happening but oh, the way that they before ex- before we get into this if I could real quick since yeah. I have access mm-hmm. to both of you here and you're uh, the specific resource for this uh, I want to know what was were you like following along with the community yet at this point Liz in episode no. in season mm-hmm. two I, no that okay. was an, I was kind of yeah, wondering same. I want to say I was after wondering what freak the vibes show. were after freak okay, show is yeah. when I started like following along hotel i was wondering if people liked johnny because it seems like johnny sucks and like i just want him gone every time he's on screen wow (laughs) i feel like the best is just or the best you can get with him is just like i like american horror story i'm a fan of it and i like seeing dylan mcdermott back but johnny himself is just not compelling or anything and to, for the record, there are people who like this show. Like, no, like, unironically and, and everything. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah 100%. I've had people yell at me for uh, disliking a really bad Dracula game on the Super Nintendo. I understand. It's fine. But, like... You don't mean Nosferatu. <sighs> No, I'm I mean Nosferatu oh, yeah, explicitly. Garbage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I mean Nosferatu that. explicitly, brother. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um... Yeah, just, like, even people who defend, like, weird pieces of media, even they, I feel like, would be like, no, Johnny just sucked. He was just nothing. He was just a random, violent, 
crackhead, it's, literally. Wow, whether they just or not inserted for no the reason. audience liked him, you'll be thrilled to know that he's brought back as a reference in um, at least one other season, maybe more. Who could say? Um, <laughs> interesting. I forgot that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's nothing meaningful, but it is... It is definitely tied into other seasons. Liz, I think that part went without saying. It wasn't meaningful. I want to say, in fact, I want to say it's been in a season we've seen already, but maybe not. Maybe I'm misremembering. Um, Would you be willing to say, like, Johnny is, like, the secondary character of this episode? Because, like, obviously it's framed around, like, Lana and closing Lana's story and all that. Also, there's, like, a weird part with Sister Jude that just kind of... Never mind. This is just a totally unfocused final episode. I was trying to, like, think if there was, like, a character focus on anyone. But, like, no, there really isn't, is there? Like, Johnny's just here as part of the pile. (laughs) Well, they they lead into this episode. This is where I was going with this, is that they lead into this episode... In what most people, most rational people, especially if you're binge watching it like we kind of are, where we're definitely like watching at least one episode after another. We're not letting more than a week elapse in between each watch um, that this episode is meant to pick up where the last one left off, which we left off with Johnny smoking crack and threatening a lady at a bookstore. Um, So you would think like realistically this is like right afterwards where he's now like procured his book and now he's going to act on the manifesto that he gave the bookstore lady the very clear manifesto he gave the bookstore lady um but that's not the case it looks like it's the case and if that would have been the case this would have been maybe a little bit clever framing it's not it's just baffling and confusing timeline wise because it starts with Johnny um, just is cold open. Johnny is using a machete to break into Briarcliff. Um, mm-hmm. It's not immediately clear at what point in time this is. There's not a title card or whatever. Um, he's not in bloody face gear. So I, my first thought is, oh, this isn't when he was hanging out and he killed Leo and his wife because he was in bloody face gear then. So this must be a different time. It must not be a flashback. Um, he must just be like sad or whatever and came here to hang out. This must be like his base of operations or something. <laughs> also, this implies that the time we were all really pissed off because like, does this guy just fucking hang out and wait for people to show up randomly? No, it's even stupider. They just showed up at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you might be thinking, oh, like he's probably come here to like set up or whatever. Um, no. Uh, and once we uh, once we understand what point in time this is it'll make a little more sense in that respect it won't make any sense why they're showing us this but it will make more sense as to why he's not like getting ready to kill lana right now um he's listening to an audiobook that is relevant get ready for me to be pissed off he's listening to an audiobook <laughs> and we can hear it it's playing directly in our ears first of all mm-hmm. the american horror story writers have never listened to an audiobook that is blatantly obvious because they have like that kind of almost AI generated narrator voice come on that says like thank you for listening to Tales from Briarcliff published by whatever the publisher name is narrated by the author Lana Winters and then at that point if you've ever listened to an audiobook ever you would know that um that's what plays as the prologue to an audiobook yeah the whole, yeah the very beginning once they don't do that every chapter that'd be crazy <laughs> that, would be so as- that would be asinine if it played that what? every time you started the book from wherever you left off 
Wait a minute. No, 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 wait. Isn't this the thing, like, in that one episode where they called Lana Winters the suit of 51 of feminism and all her books just go, like, completely out of order? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you have to reassemble it later on based on, like, multiple read-throughs. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Which, first of all, he says that the title is Tales of Briarcliff, or Tales from Briarcliff, which is um, not the name of the book that Lana wrote. Maniac, maniac one maniac, woman survival yeah. or yep. something yep. yeah it's literally just maniac one woman survival one woman's tale of survival um tale so, of survival yep so yeah. first of all they didn't even make sure that it's the right book which later on we'll find out that she's written like a bunch of books i guess but that would mean that two of her books based on what she says next have identical content like 100% same POV identical content which I don't know I'm no like expert but I don't think that makes you like a good author <laughs> that people love and respect I don't think they love that okay do you, would you give her more credit if she wrote um the maniac shadow and it was the same book but from the perspective of Threadson <laughs> would that be something <laughs> would that be more interesting if we do like an Ender's Game thing would that be cooler I mean honestly <laughs> If that was the angle they if, went, because at first they kind of made it seem like, oh, this is going to come back to bite Lana. Lana loves to like lie in her books. This is going to be a a big, a big issue. It's not. Spoiler alert. It's not. But like if she would have written a book from like Threadson's perspective and like that's what really made Johnny <laughs> like freak out. Maybe that it. would be something. Yeah, like maybe, <laughs> maybe that would be something. But no, that's alas, it's not. Um, but yeah, so going back to uh, the prologue plays, um, and then immediately after the prologue plays, Lana's voice comes on and goes, "Chapter six, <laughs> um, the Gathering Storm," uh, which has got to uh. be like halfway through the book at least. I would think. And also, <laughs> based on Slow Beef Sigh and my subconscious agreement that is like the worst chapter title possible right that yeah. is like the most boring ass title like that is like what happens in this one? Oh, uh there's a storm that's uh nor'easter so let's just label <laughs> this one nor'easter even and though uh you know it's not really that relevant and it's a metaphor see yeah and it's like oh god like you had an editor right who was like this is horse shit lana even if you are have a good story here you know <laughs> yeah and um so Johnny's just kind of like meandering about Briarcliff, um, kind of poking at stuff with his machete uh, and just kind of vibing. He's like hallucinating Lana in the bathtub, telling him that he's a shitty baby or something. <laughs> um, and then he imagines Threadson, who's like, I if, I if your mom wouldn't have killed me, I would have been the best dad. I would have taught you how to play baseball. It would have been great. Um and Johnny's like, oh, and my dad was so cool uh, and was so nice to me and my mom sucks. And then as he's having this moment of like being sad and like listening to the audiobook, um, Leo and his wife show up um, and come through the front door, which means they are now tying this in, giving us a direct lead in saying, all right, he was fucking around in <laughs> the asylum when Leo and his wife showed up, which means hilariously that yeah leo and uh whatever her name is teresa i think um literally just so happened to walk in here on a day he decided 
And yeah. two more teens. Don't three. forget the other three. Teens. Three. 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 Christ. They so were, many teens. They were pretending <laughs> to be bloody face on the day bloody face was in. What luck. <laughs> it is. That's like, like winning the reverse lottery. <laughs> when you were reading through and like re recapping it, I was like, holy shit, there were other people too. What the fuck were they thinking? Why did they all show? <laughs> like, I had to yell it because I it, it like hurt me physically. It was like an ice pick through the brain of just like, there were other people too. They all just showed up that day, I guess. And like, it's really funny because they're all there for like such wildly different reasons too. The teens are there in case someone shows up so they can menace them and maybe kill them, I guess. Leo and his wife are there to fuck. And then Johnny's there to be sad and mope about his mom and dad while listening to an audiobook and wearing a jean jacket with a hoodie underneath it, by the way. Doesn't um, he like the fact that he apparently has fans? Like, that must be a thing he's found out about on all his, like, research. Uh, I guess he doesn't. Well, no, he uses a computer for the book. So well, the we know he uses a computer to do Fair, things. Yeah. We're just not yeah. sure how. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> also, like, so at this point, it's not clear if he's, like, even killed people. It's not clear when this is all happening, because... Because after Leo and his wife enter and we realize this is a direct lead into our episode one sub story, um, <laughs> we get the most fucked up, evil, insane, unhinged title ago. card I have ever <laughs> fucking seen, which is in the middle of this scene. And I do mean the middle because it will pick back up after the title card. It says four months ago. Four months ago from fucking what? Who oh, fucking what? knows? Yeah, Who there's no reference. Um, <laughs> this was just some shit that happened. We have no idea. <laughs> yeah, the fuck do you mean four months ago? What, four months ago from what point? Like, what point is the point that's four months <sighs> from ago? From now, whatever the present is of you watching this viewer, this just happened somehow. Timeless horror. And huh? the most fucked up part about this is it doesn't matter that this is four months ago it will have no effect on what ends up happening the timeline of events that happens right here has nothing to do with the rest of the episode so for them to show us this like this like oh this is how it all tied together and now timelines are running parallel again and then them to be like never mind four months four months ago in the middle of a scene yeah unhinged truly yeah, unhinged like, it, it, to me it's like a lack of faith that the writers have in themselves because all of the modern day plot elements have a very clear and easy to follow through line of johnny broke into this place johnny killed some people johnny did some stuff after killing some people like we don't need specific dates but they're like no we we have to to the point that i'm like asking like why did you do this at all why would you, you feel the need to put timelines in for this and i'm it i have to imagine it's because of reddit <laughs> this just I, feels like it's reddit's fault i feel like maybe it's some production fault where it's just like some producer you know was kind of like this I, is, like the notes are like this is confusing add a title card and they're like yeah all right i <laughs> will give you oh, one yeah. further okay. um okay. i actually think and i uh, this is it's a theory, but I actually feel pretty confident because of something that happens later. And I won't uh -huh. say exactly okay. the context, but I did mention it in our group chat, and I will say what it is. 
um, as to not spoil it for our next episode. But I think what happened is I think for whatever reason, they were in such a hurry when they edited this specific episode that I think they fucked up on multiple occasions and then just didn't fix it. I think dropping this title card in the middle of this scene I think was an error. I think someone dropped it in the middle of this scene incorrectly. It was just supposed to be like a fade you to know, black for a mm. commercial. And instead they dropped this because, and the reason I say this is because it is a so jarring and unhinged and makes no sense. If they had it at the very beginning of the scene, like when Johnny is breaking in, it would make sense. It wouldn't you, like affect anything, but it would make sense at least. We'd be like, oh, okay, this is the past, I guess. You, you know, honestly, too, what real what actually I think helps your theory also is like making errors is kind of their forte. Yeah, that you also. Know, that's like their thing. Yeah, they're good at that. So that yeah, is yeah, that is sort of their thing. And then mm-hmm. th- the thing that really cements it in my mind as um, someone accidentally drug this in the middle of this scene while editing it. Mm-hmm. Um, in whatever program they were editing in and then just nobody noticed it or thought it was supposed to be there and it went as is, is later in another scene, um, in a in a moment where it does not make any sense, there is the sound mm-hmm. of police sirens edited over a scene, clearly edited over as like fully. Oh. And I, I even said in the group chat, I'm like, why the fuck is there police sirens right here? And then later, about five yeah. minutes later, that same stock sound plays in a kind of more relevant scene. And I'm like, I think they accidentally drug that sound effect to the wrong scene when they were editing this <laughs> and just nobody caught it. And it just made it through because it's very clearly in a spot where you'd be like, why the fuck am I hearing police sirens? Um, and then that same police siren stock sound plays again about five minutes later in the same scene. And so I'm Everybody like, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I think what happened is this just did not get, it got greenlit with nobody like checking. <laughs> um, and I think there's several, several times during this episode where something like that happens. Um, that's my, that's my working they, theory. Cause otherwise that title card being there makes no fucking sense none it's like we said they are very they're very good at the errors they yeah. are the masters of it. <laughs> the only thing i can like think of and this is just fucking stupid this is like if you let like a 13 year old make a movie i guess um the only other thing i could think of is that they were so dead set on it being like a big twist reveal that like that moment in time that we're seeing Johnny and just have like it's a misdirection like oh we thought this was the present and he's about to kill Lana but actually this is when he killed Teresa and Leo like they were so dead set on that that they thought giving us the four months ago title card at the beginning would like for whatever reason make us think get a reaction yeah oh um oh yeah like in better media that does that yeah <laughs> yeah no right yeah so i they were maybe they were just so like clinging to the idea that if they didn't give us any hints that this was actually something that happened in the past like in spiral the you know the spin-off of the saw franchise made by chris rock that everyone loves they don't um mm-hmm. that kind <laughs> of a thing um yeah that's the only other thing i can think of it's either they made a fuck up and they just didn't no one bothered or, or caught it or they just are really bad at <laughs> making media um i one like of the that two. theory still yeah that's still my go-to <laughs> but uh we get the four months ago uh title card in the fucking dead ass middle of this scene um and then we're back to the scene um <laughs> ta-da um 
And uh, Johnny is smoking crack, um, as we have come to learn that he does. Hey, quick Which, question. Why do we think he yeah. smokes crack just in general? It doesn't ever become a plot point. Why do we think John? Is it just so we know he's a troubled character? Was the serial killing not enough? Um, I, I am now kind of thinking it might have been like explaining in retrospect why he was able to rip someone's arm off. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> they were like, that's, they were what, like, my, that's what my that, note says. He got that crack strength. Yeah. <laughs> that's what my note says. My note says Johnny's smoking crack to get the crack strength to rip off the arm. Wait, do they, maybe they, is that, is that PCP? Do they think it's PCP? Is that what's going yeah, on? Yeah, I think they've, I think they've conflated crack and PCP. And like oh, crack will no. do a damn thing to you. Sure. But yeah, PCP is the one that makes people like, go bananas and like you know yeah. rip their own face off and shit yeah, yeah so uh i'm guessing that's what it is. and for what it's worth i don't think they ever explicitly said it's crack they maybe just like were like ah we'll just have the the glass closed pipe with the lighter under it and people know that's drugs you know yeah. but that's um, the other thing is all they, the prop department has right now so whatever i, yeah. I don't know if it's dylan mcdermott's fault or if it's because you sometimes Actually, a lot of the times, it's not the actor's fault; it's the directing. And we've seen that Dylan, Dylan McDermott can be like an okay actor. Um, they did not make this character act like a character who smokes crack. Like they did, and this is, uh, believe me, I'm being extremely generous. They did a better job having, um, not Tate. What's the blue-haired version of him from Cult? Uh, Kai. Kai. Uh, Kai. Thank you. Um. Yeah. Of having Kai be, like, tweaking out on Adderall, which is not a thing. But, like, they did a better job of that and showing someone being on a stimulant there than they did here. Because Johnny will just smoke crack and then, like... Be normal. <laughs> um, so what he what he does, it, it, it's so funny to me because I was thinking about this, is like the drug he smoke is no drug that exists in our universe. It's just the like make bad decisions rashly drug. That's all it is. <laughs> like, he's just like, I'm going to make the worst possible choice in a really weird way. And like that's all it is. Like uh, some people are here. I'm going to rip his fucking arm off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, also... This next scene that we see where they just show us the same thing they've already seen, shown us because they show us like Teresa and Leo banging in the asylum or whatever. I'm so glad you noticed this too. Uh, yeah. I, I, some of you will remember um, I said in, in regards to this exact plot line, I'm like, I think what they do is I think they record AAA, BBB, CCC takes of like different possibilities of how they want this story to go based on how the, like the show needs it to be um and then they edit them together piss poorly and they forget which goes to which oh, and they get I see what you're meant now yeah you said um, that i wasn't quite following in the okay sorry yeah yeah, yeah yeah like they fully record one one version where a certain thing happens and then another version where a, di a slightly different set of events happens oh but it kind of does the same thing and then a third one and then we get like snippets of each where different things happen it's kind of like deleted scenes except for they accidentally pasted the deleted scene in the middle <laughs> of also the they reference the wrong universe which is like really weird that's like how you lead into a multiverse movie or something yeah like, hey remember that time you didn't have your phone what, <laughs> what <do> you <laughs> yeah <mean? laughs> so oh my gosh that does make so much sense yeah <laughs> 
if Holy you remember, because I've already been mad about this once during this season, because they've already done yeah. this once, is the very crux of the Leo Teresa issue is that he sticks his arm in a hole that he doesn't want to stick his arm in. It gets ripped off by something on the other side of the door. She's like, oh, shit. And he's like, I need medical attention. She's like, my phone's in the car. And then she goes to go get her phone out of the car and gets fucked up by the teenagers who are dressed as bloody face. That is the canon that we were introduced to. Then a little later in the season, we get another flashback of that same sequence of events. But lo and behold, she has her phone for some reason. And we don't know why. Because that was like kind of the whole inciting incident that made her get fucked up by the kids who were dressed as bloody face. Um, And now we have a third iteration (laughs) in this scene where... We are at the point where he is going to stick his arm in the hole and he's like, I don't want to. And she says, I'll blow you, which granted was weird in the first episode when it happened. But like he did get interrupted while they were having sex. He's in horny mode. We get it. Um, But nothing happens. His arm just gets ripped off and that kicks off the events. Uh, Maybe. Is it like a Rashomon thing? Only they're not saying anything in particular. It's just that, like, yeah, people's memories are weird sometimes. <laughs> I I don't think they're that smart. Um, in this in this timeline in Earth six forty six or whatever, um, she says, "Stick your arm in there." He says, "No." She's like, "I'll blow you," and he's like, "Never mind, I'll do it." Give me your phone, which is already different. What? Yeah. Um. <laughs> And in case you're wondering if it affects the events later, like as if what gets recorded on the phone will be important, because that's what I thought. Um, no, no, it it doesn't. Um, it's, it's like I don't want you being distracted during the blowjob, like that one time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he uh he sticks, which this would have made more sense if he would have taken her phone and stuck her phone in there and like recorded around in there. Because yeah. what he does in the in the episode, we see him do it. Is he just sticks his arm in there and roots around for no reason? I'm gonna touch it. Yeah. I'm going to touch whatever's in there. No, stand back, babe. I got to touch this thing. <laughs> yeah, and then he gets his arm ripped off. She um, like a killer. Oh, man, it's touching me. <laughs> and in this iteration, he asks for her phone, sticks the phone through the little slot he has his arm in, and is like going to record whatever's in there, which makes sense. That's a much smarter idea than whatever he did in the actual one we saw. Um, and Johnny's in there. Um <laughs> He's just, like, in the little room, um, and he's like, ah, fuck, someone's got his arm in here. And um, also, simultaneously, uh, he, it, he being Leo, is receiving a blowjob currently, which is different than <laughs> the original one. So another detail that I want to highlight real quick. So this is a prison, right? At this point, like we agree, it has been fully bought over, converted to prison, like, long term. Mm-hmm. That, that is what happened. Yeah. Um. So... So cell doors, right? The way they generally lock is not from the outside in, but the inside out. It is one of the few places you can legally have doors that do that. Mm. (laughs) So, Mm. like, it really stood out to me um, when Leo and... um, Teresa. Dum Dum 1 and Dum Dum 2 try to get into this room, and it's locked from the outside. But Johnny's vibing on the inside, which, uh, considering he's not having a panic attack, means I can only assume he could just leave whenever he wants and has not accidentally locked himself into a fucking cell. You know what is so cool about that you mentioned that, Ty? That is the second time this has happened in this exact room, in this exact 
season because <laughs> in like episode three or four, um, I don't even remember who uh, steals. I think it's Jude steals the keys from Arden to go like snoop around in Arden's shit. Um, gets the keys and goes and unlocks this very cell with those keys. And lo and behold, Arden's just fucking in that cell, uh, washing the walls. Um, which means that he was locked in there, but that's never addressed. That exact same scenario happens earlier in the season as well. <laughs> and they're just like, mm, just don't think about it too hard. <laughs> don't think about this door too hard. No, don't worry now about it's it. It's like extra fucked up. Also, I do love that we now have, um, so something I've noticed American Horror Story will often do is it will, in the first few episodes of a season, plant a big promise of some kind of like big payoff big monster or something like that for example some unknown beast that manages to rip someone's fucking arm out of its socket Mm -hmm. uh, that then manages to get three kids who have just decided they're now getting into serial killing and scares them to death and probably kills them as well so you think it's gonna have to be some kind of like mythological beast or something right or like a bog witch or something some kind Mm. of (laughs) yeah Uh, no it's just a guy on crack (laughs) (laughs) so like they build as much space as they can uh, so that when the payoff sucks you're just like i don't even remember what they built up (laughs) probably not important (laughs) like i don't know what was this guy supposed to be like i don't know like a like a guy in jeans yeah that seems about right (laughs) isn't this the santa guy (laughs) i don't know yeah Yeah, not only that they also like downplay how like aggressive it was because in episode one it it just dead ass rips his arm in half like at the below the shoulder and we even all of us were like what the fuck was that because nothing is that strong and in this when we actually see it from from like johnny's perspective after he smokes crack um he just takes his machete and like hacks at his arm like six times like it's not even like a clean a clean break like it was in the first episode it was just like no it's just a guy hacking at someone's arm with a machete while on crack i guess um just and again he's getting his dick sucked while this happens that that isn't how it is in the first episode talk about a land of contrast (laughs) yeah she's fully sucking his dick like we get sound effects and everything the good Um, news or the bad yeah god getting sucked off and your arm ripped off at the same time pinhead fans going crazy (laughs) hellraiser fans are clapping standing and clapping i'm all about this shit And um, that's the end of that. Um, it, it, it doesn't like, and then the opening sequence plays. It literally, all that established is that that subplot we saw for like five episodes happened four months prior to four question mark, question ago. mark, question mark. <laughs> Um, who fucking knows? Uh, they just wanted to remind us that it happened. And all it did was make me go, oh, so, like, Johnny's been serial killing. And remember, like, Johnny called and, like, taunted the police after he did this. And Mm -hmm. somehow did not get caught after doing this. Because, like, it doesn't seem like he planned this. It's not like he has, like, a Threadson basement where he can, like, dispose of all these people or whatever. Like, this is kind of spur of the moment crack decision as far as you're aware. (laughs) Uh. It's wild that Johnny being like such a bad villain makes me think more highly of Threadson. And I think part of that is like, 
I think Zachary Quinto is just a much better actor. <laughs> but yeah. like, on mm-hmm. top of that, like, yeah, that was like he was resourceful. He had things going for him. He had a setup. He had a really smart cover. He was like a smart dude who managed to manipulate people into giving him falsified confessions so that he wouldn't have to, you know, go to court for the Johnny's just some fucking guy with a machete on crack. Like, he it's might- just such a downgrade. It's such a fucking downgrade. Man. It would honestly like- be like an OK, if unsatisfying twist if he wasn't actually bloody faces son and just some guy because it would make more sense that way you know yeah like i get he's not a doctor and he shouldn't whatever but it's like he's just nobody in particular he just sucks at this you know i mean also, honestly it's not like a weird it's not a genetic inheritance thing either because like threats and smoke crack yeah <laughs> well that was what i was gonna say is that like Honestly, Johnny lost me as a character immediately when he started to also have, like, the weird breastfeeding thing. Not that I was on board with him to begin with, but, like, <laughs> his, his like, oh, I'm exactly like my father. Like, that's not how that works. Like, you don't just yeah. inherit your parents, like, specific serial killer tendencies. It's not like a child and fire emblem. Like, you don't, like, get their stats. That's not how it works. You don't get their traumas <laughs> or anything. Especially if you don't know them and you don't, like, know anything Class about them. up a bloody face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, I... <laughs> I, they lost me when they were like, yeah, he's a serial killer because his dad was like, he's got the skin thing and he's got the breast milk thing, too. Like, that's not yeah. how that works. Like, Threadson was don't... a result of trauma, kind. I'm doing air quotes around trauma, but like Threadson yeah. was a result of like nature versus nurture or whatever. And um, like... <sighs> Lana wouldn't have written about that either. So, like, where did he get it from? Because I don't think at any point she was like, like, she might have mentioned the skin thing, but I don't think she was like, and then he turned to me and he said, baby need colostrum, and I (laughs) threw up all over the floor. (laughs) Oh, my God. By the way, we're 33 minutes into our episode, and we have just hit the end of the opening sequence um, because it's just that fucking baffling, and the rest of it's not going to get any better. Um, For scene two, I just have the title being four months later, I guess, um, because I presume that this, what we're watching, is supposed to be the point in time we're referencing, the (laughs) present day, I guess. Um, Ridiculous. When is this? (laughs) Who fucking knows? Um, (laughs) But Lana's old now, um, and she's getting her makeup done for an interview, which, by the way, like, how old are they insinuating Lana was when she went to Briarcliff? Because this is 40 years later. They They make it look like she's, like, 80, and I don't think she's supposed to be, like, 40, in Briarcliff. I don't know. It's weird. They make her like they no, get her she's glaucoma. Like a, she's like a young upstart reporter to the point that people keep telling her to settle down and cool it and stuff. Yeah. You know? Like, uh, yeah. It's it's very odd. They make her super old. Like they put her in old makeup and stuff. Um, And she's getting her makeup done. She's in her mansion um, where she just has like different drawings that different famous people of her have done of her over the years i guess to like flex on us the audience for this fictional character um it, you may be asking is that relevant in any way no but they make sure to show it to us like four times throughout <laughs> the episode um and like emphasize it uh and the lady who's interviewing lana her name is april mayfield uh, that's not relevant but that's her name Ooh, that's um, a name yeah i didn't even realize uh, <laughs> and um 
she's like, so Lana, which she starts talking to her like they're already doing the interview, but they're not. She's just like talking to Lana, but like, I guess can't turn off interviewer mode and is talking like an interviewer. Um, She's like, so Lana, you have six bestsellers, huh? So I guess that's to tell us that she's written other books. Um, because maybe they realized they fucked up with that audiobook title and that they said the wrong book name in the audiobook they showed us five so seconds that ago. Seem, that seems real fucking self-aware for them, but yeah, it's a good, <laughs> I think it's a good theory, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, there's really no other reason to tell us that she has other books, especially because later in this episode, she's she'll be like, yeah, I realized really early on I fucking hated writing. Um... And by really, and by later in this episode, I mean like three minutes from now. Um, <laughs> and April starts to ask, like, she's like, "Oh, you're the the interviewer. Like, you do interviews too, Lana. Like, that's what you do now. Um, you can get anybody to say anything ever to you." And I'm like, "That's really a weird thing. That's a yeah. weird takeaway for this character to like her, because like her whole thing was she didn't get the interview that she wanted." <laughs> In Briarcliff. Yeah. That was kind of the whole point. Um, Is he supposed to be like Barbara Walters, I guess? Because they kind of yeah. like make her like that in later that, seasons, you know? That very much is what I was trying to get, is they're like trying to be like, yeah, this is Barbara Walters now. I'm like, no, it's not. What? No, Barbara Walters was a not that. <laughs> that's not yeah. what Bar- I don't think at least. Do Barbara- I not? Did Barbara Walters do like six bestsellers, including exposés on major criminal organizations before? I mean, I guess I don't there know is, now. <laughs> I don't know if this is like, this is definitely showing my age, but like there used to be a joke about Barbara Walters where everybody was would cry in her interviews which i think was supposed to be what they're going for here where they're like you can get them to say anything you know you barbara walters cognate you but uh yeah yeah I mean, they make a they make a lot of really off the wall references because in this same like sentence she's like mm-hmm. you can get anybody to say anything who was the one that got away who who do you lust after that you weren't <laughs> able to interview? And then um, a new character comes into the room. It's Lana's wife, uh, Marion, um, and she has wine. Um, Marion will only be in this scene. And all you need to know about Marion, because all the writers want you to know about Marion, is she's hot, she's a MILF, uh, and she is also famous and rich, I guess, because she's got important rich people stuff that she says to Lana and then leaves. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> she's like... Let me answer that. She's like, her, the ones that got away for Lana were Mal, Riel Hunter, and Julian Assange. And I'm like, did you just put, like, a random generator to, yes. to pick three car- three people? Like, <laughs> um, if, cause- if ChatGPT were around back then, that's how that list would have been. You know yeah. what I mean? Because like- <laughs> I reckon my, most of the people listening probably were like, okay, I know who the first one and the last one were. Who the fuck is Riel Hunter? Um, A person who's just as obscure as you'd expect her to be. Um, Yeah, just like a really obscure person who was maybe in the news once ever period for doing something john edwards's mistress for what it's oh, worth yeah, one yeah. time um anyway lana kisses her wife do you think lana <laughs> speaks chinese no. by the way because if no. she wants to interview mao that's going to be like a <laughs> i think that might be like a point of contention if she doesn't speak any chinese <laughs> no because unsurprisingly to literally everyone involved um lana's not really great at what she does though everyone treats her like she is 
Um, she's not. And it's about to become glaringly obvious. Also, Lana may be a pathological and compulsive liar. Um, so Lana is back to being called Lana instead of Lana. Um, and her wife is like, I got to go fuck off and do famous rich lady stuff or whatever. Um, and then April, the interviewer is like, all right, it's interview time. We got to talk about bloody face. And Lana's like, no, I don't want to talk about bloody face. Um, which is a little odd. Um, given that she wrote two books, uh, allegedly one of, one of her greatest hits yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, about you know. bloody face from her perspective. Um, and that's kind of like what made her famous. And the interviewer even says to that effect, the same thing. Um, and then like Lana goes on this weird little micro tangent. She's like, no, I'm not talking about bloody face anymore. He's become a household name, like a goddamn supervillain. And, um, she says it like she's the one who did that, but like Bloody Face was already like a known quantifiable uh, guy yeah. before she did anything. That was kind of the whole reason she went to Briarcliff was to interview the guy everybody knew was Bloody Face because she thought that would be her big break because he was such a high profile character. Um, <clears throat> and she's like, well, I'm mad because um, he got more famous because I did the thing I wanted to do and I'm mad about it. Uh, very odd, very odd character choice for this character. Um, also like, did he? Cause like, we don't see that in any way. We see yeah. like art of Lana everywhere and people talking about Lana and her many books. And, um, then there were like three shitty teens who were like, I'm going to be bloody face tonight. And that was it. That's all we have for him. It just, yeah, it feels really unearned. Also, like, not not that it's a good thing because it's not like a great thing. But like, that's typically how it goes. It's like when there's a high yeah. profile serial killer that gets dubbed like a name by the public, like the BTK killer or whatever, like you remember that name because of like the horrible things that person did. It's not like they're getting famous or whatever. Like, granted, there are a lot of negative repercussions for glamorizing that, but, like, that's not, like, a thing unique to this guy. <laughs> Most people <laughs> yeah. oh. know the name of serial killers that get dubbed a thing, like Bloody So face. you're suggesting Lana should, like, probably shrug it off a little bit and be like, yeah, that's what happens in the news, an industry I allegedly worked for for 20-plus years or whatever as an NPC consultant. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we flash back again uh, because we get this weird transition where they're about to go. They they were so goddamn proud of this transition, but it's so such bullshit. I'm going to throw you a bone, American Horror Story, and I think I've actually given the same advice in this season. Um, if you have to go out of your way to make a character do something out of the ordinary in order to get a cool transition, it's not a cool transition anymore because you had to <laughs> do something you weren't. It's like how if you buy something that's buy one, get one free, but you weren't planning on buying that thing in the first place you didn't get a bargain you just spent money you didn't plan on spending same applies here because they are about to start the interview and literally this whole time she has been in hair and makeup and has fully done her hair and makeup the team is done we literally from the time this scene starts to now yeah. it has mm -hmm. been her getting her makeup put on right before april says like all right we're rolling she goes wait 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 uh lady off screen hand me a mirror i like to do my own eyebrows that's not me making a joke that is what she says and then she gets handed 
a mirror and she starts to do her eyebrows, which are done, by the way, already uh, in really the mirror. That's really the big problem is she's very much already fully in makeup. Yeah. like, And also just in the middle of the interview room, that's not something you would be like, hey, while we're doing my makeup, I do my own eyebrows. That, that, yeah. You're right. It makes no goddamn sense for her to do this. But they really wanted this transition because she puts the mirror up to look at herself in the mirror and starts doing her eyebrows and it fades to Lana in the 1960s at some unknown point um, doing her eyebrows in a mirror in the back of a car. Uh, <laughs> oh, I just want to conduct this interview from the back of my car. Yep. <laughs> and now comes Ty's turn to be very mad because we start showing this as documentary footage with the implied idea to us, the viewers and the audience in general, that this is footage from the documentary that brought down Briarcliff. Because if you show something and encode it as a piece of media in fiction, that means it's a piece of media that's real that exists, right? That's fair to say. I yeah. think like if there's a VHS Which, that contains a thing and yeah. you show it as a VHS tape, we yes. are allowed to assume that's the contents of the fucking VHS. Okay. I think what, that's yeah. fair. What yeah. Ty is saying, by the way, in case it's not clear, is because they don't really do this in other parts of the season, is it is shown to us like we are watching an old film. Like there is a very clear old timey footage filter over it and like a, the yep. clicking noise of like a recorder. It is not. Not a someone's memory. We are watching film. Uh, and also it is like explicitly framed with multiple cameramen, with Lana, with a microphone, like addressing the cameramen who are filming the documentary being like, hey, this is the documentary we're making in fiction. This is the real thing, right? Yeah. There are even <laughs> fucking outtakes. There are outtakes in this sequence. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I cannot right. emphasize. Yeah. There are literal outtakes in this sequence. Like I knew there were, but I didn't even realize that that meant you're right. Oh my! All right, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, yes, Ty. This is just fully, fully presented as, uh, as, as footage. Um, so yeah, like, how do we even put this? Um, so. Is this the part where she starts trying to sneak through the back door or that's I think that's a little bit later, right? It kind of like cuts back and forth between present and then, but like. It is setting up to show us that, like, they being her two cameramen and her have broken back into Briarcliff via the body tunnels, okay. and now they're filming yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, because, like, they have a quick, yeah, right, they have a quick discussion where they're like, oh, well, Lana, I don't think they'll let you in there with the cameras, and she goes, don't worry, I know how we'll get in, and it's them, like, walking through, yeah, through the body tunnels and all that, and just kind of being like, oh, I can't believe you uh, would get through here, and then there's just a bunch of, um... Shots of, like, random people just standing around kind of yelling and, like, sitting yeah. in chairs that are set up in the wrong place. <laughs> like, and, like, they're kind of, like, half, all of them are, like, kind of half undressed, but they're all just kind of cycling through, like, idle animations just, like, in place wherever they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a really rookie idea of what a creepy asylum would look like. It's just a bunch of people kind of standing around with their arms real tight being like, ooh, and that's yeah. kind of all it is. It's like a bunch of people standing around going, ah. And Lana's <laughs> like, I can't, this is so sickening. I can't believe this. What are they doing to these people? And I'm like, why are these people like standing around in the bakery totally? Like, because remember, the tunnels go to the bakery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And also no lights are on for whatever reason. Um, 
And yeah. none, none of these people like talk to Lana, which back in Briarcliff when Lana was there, which isn't can't be that far like be like separated from when she's filming like, this long enough for kit to have shamed her into going mm-hmm. back and doing this yeah. like so long enough for the bloody face book but yeah so like it could have been yeah a couple years at most right yeah mm-hmm. i'm i'm thinking like two years maybe that's my guess um it's not like super clear um because she does say in this shot of the alleged documentary um, that the assault, the asylum was sold to the state in 1965, and she talks about it like it was like in the past. So it's got to be like a couple of years later. Um, and then like, well, she's kind of toddling around these people, these like patients. <laughs> um, a guy just walks in and yeah. is like. Uh- like an employee just slides in and he's like, hey, wait, are you supposed to be here? Who are you people? Why do you have camera? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is very confused, which during this shot, there, like I said, there are lots of outtakes where like Lana fucks up her words and they have to start the shot over again. Um, that'll be relevant in about 10 seconds um, because so, it will yeah, be unhinged. So- Lana reacts to the employee by like lunging at him with more questions being like hey so you're the first person we've seen this entire time we've been here do you think it's cool to just leave the patients like wandering around and like covered in their own feces and stuff and he's like uh I don't know sorry there's too many first of all he has the worst reaction on the planet which is there's just too many to take care of which is like you have PR training to not say those words exactly (laughs) and then uh, and then yeah she just goes hey can I uh I'm looking for one person in particular I need to see Jude and yeah we have full confirmation that the Monsignor killed Jude and changed her name to something else Uh, like Betty Drake yeah Betty Betty Drake Drake. Drake. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 And um, so if it's been a few years and that name change has been placed and this is an employee who was not working at Briarcliff last time because he does not recognize Lana. So I presume he was not working there. um, Why would he know who Jude is? Uh, Well, there's a great answer for that coming up soon Uh, because he lets her in and Jude and uh, Jude and. Uh, Jude and Lana meet up and they reunite and she's a little shaken and um, you know she's uh. talking through it and trying to help her up and you know Jude gives her a little weak Lana banana and then um, then it cuts back to the interview uh, so we remove all of the old timey film filters we remove the entire facade of this was clearly part of the documentary we all watched uh, and April the interviewer goes Wow, that's wild. I don't remember that part of the documentary. And then Lana looks directly at me, not at the camera, at me, the human being, Ty Tuesday, and says, that's because it didn't happen. I made it the fuck up. Isn't that the worst idea you've ever heard of in your life? And I go, why would you do that? Why would you frame it that way? What are you on? <laughs> like, what? why would you film this as a documentary, including like the documentary making process, and then just have her be like... Yep, those three. Th- also, it's like a three-minute sequence, and her going, "I made it up," is like five seconds, and that's it. And that's just—it's <laughs> so wild that they let us sit with this falsehood for so long, what? and then are just like, "I made it up." What if I were to tell you <laughs> that that's not my least favorite time American Horror Story does this in the oh, series? Oh yeah, I know exactly what Slow Beef's yeah. talking about. <laughs> season four. But, I can't yeah. wait for season four. <laughs> Do they like do like a Blair Witch and just at the end they're like also those VHS tapes were photoshopped. No, we no, just no, made guys in them. No, this was a really <laughs> bad idea. Season four, it is borderline. Fuck you, audience. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Well, go to hell. This wasted three minutes. The one that, in season four wastes a whole fucking episode. That one is like, are you pranking me? Like, is this a joke on me? Like, and right. the thing that sucks more about that one, the one in season four, is that, like, it's actually kind of good. It's one of the few it times they make it. Right? Yeah, it they was, made, like, like so a good episode, shit. and then they were like, fuck you. Did you think we made good media here? There was, like, so dummies. Me- they like they made a good ass episode that had like satisfying resolutions, and then they just had fucking Biggie roll in at the end and go, "It was all a dream." <laughs> I will, you know, yeah, I, yeah. Without dwelling, because it's gonna come up. It is basically like, oh my god, they pulled off good horror, and then they go, "Just kidding, <laughs> just like, kidding, we suck." Are you serious? You did that? Like, what? Oh, yeah, me, bro. That Season four sounds cool. I'm excited now. I can't um, wait. Yeah, and it also has Pepper in it. It. It's it's it great. Does, yeah. Um, but yeah, in case some of you are thinking like, oh, well, did Lana do that to like prove a point about how you can like, you know, twist things to make people believe whatever like narrative you want them to believe? No, it no. was just footage of something that didn't happen and <laughs> no. couldn't have possibly happened and couldn't have been staged. What yeah. a fucking bar to set at the beginning of your interview to be like, yeah, I'm Jonathan Frakes and we made it up. It's an act of fiction. Uh, didn't happen. But beyond By belief, factor fiction. And I'm a renowned journalist. You know what I mean? And, that's like, like, <laughs> and, and like in fiction, that's a wild thing to do. Met a level above that as a producer, that's a wild thing to film. And have. <laughs> like, yeah. That's another layer of insinuation of just like, why would you do that? Uh, and like, again, if like maybe it was supposed to be a commentary about like lying or something, maybe, but like that's not even it. She's just like, no, I just felt like it. I was in a silly, and, goofy mood, I guess. Yeah. And I'll, I'll save the audience the trouble of like a trope I see done in this kind of medium kind of a Rashomon thing that's really good is you have this footage of someone's memory of a thing and then we go back later and see what actually happened and see how it was close but it wasn't you know like there were differences that were very critical but omitted via you know wording and things along those lines they don't do that audience I'm sorry dear listener Mm -hmm. they simply show a lie and then go it was a lie and (laughs) (laughs) And nobody's like the interviewer isn't like oh well why did you lie about that she's just like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like weird to tell an interviewer just like i'm just weaving a tail how do you like that (laughs) just spinning a yarn yeah because like again what a bar to set for an interview because now from that point on you have no idea at what point lana's gonna be like yeah that was a lie too actually (laughs) now i'm I'm imagining lana winters regaling us with the robo wants oreo story (laughs) (sighs) oh my god and like by by the way this interview is gonna go on for the rest of the episode um like not just our episode but like the finale that is the framework is that it's this interview um and uh so lana after explaining that she fucking made it up uh beyond belief fact or fiction style um she's like yeah no actually jude just wasn't there um (laughs) which also she's just dead like dead ass gaslighting this host because the host is like obviously has seen the documentary because she's like oh weird i don't remember that part of your documentary like poor april (laughs) that's that is not a position you want to be in as an interviewer to be like i think i studied about this i don't remember that being in your documentary 
the yeah like that's the thing is if you're someone that's like a good confident interviewer I, I guess like especially if you're interviewing Barbara Walters you don't expect Barbara Walters to just be like I figured I'd only get interviewed one time so I'm just gonna run as many mix-ups as I fucking can <laughs> I want to see how many well, I can fit in like I've been interviewing forever I have so many bad ideas to get out of my body <laughs> It's like ridiculous. It's also like it casts down on everything then, right? It's like, wait, this is like your big story and your claim to fame. Why are you just making shit up? Did you make other parts of it up? But, you know, a lot That's of women don't care. Lister. The rest of the interview is more about how yeah. she just made shit up and lied. That's yes. what this whole interview is. It's just like, I made it up. It was it was a lie. Also, I lied about this. Oh, this specific detail? It's literally the opposite of what I said. Yeah. It, yeah. It's baffling um and also like a weird thing to tack on to this character now because like that's not something we've identified like early on like when we first met lana like she maybe like had some you know a little bit questionable practices trying to get her scoop or whatever that's how she opportunistic maybe yeah like maybe wasn't like the most level-headed and like maybe took a few too many risks but not a liar, not a compulsive liar. Yeah, like, in fact, if you if you like take that annoying like help the murderer is escaping scene, like she almost has like morals to a fault or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where except she doesn't. Yeah. Out. Yeah. <laughs> they they really do try to frame her being, you know, about to be killed for lying in her books or whatever as like a contrapasso punishment, but it yeah, it isn't. It doesn't like that's not her crime. That's not a that's not her that's not what she does. Like that only works if the character's tragic flaw I, has, you know, I killed can, them. <laughs> I can only think and I think I said this in our last episode. I because I actually forgot that that whole part of it, like her lying in the book, I forgot that was even a part of this season same. because it yeah, doesn't affect, affect anything. Uh, no, now yeah. watching it, I'm like, I think they just watched the Saw movie. I don't know if it's Saw 2 or Saw 3, but the Saw movie where the guy lies about being Jigsaw's uh, victim and surviving the Jigsaw traps and then writes a book about it and Jigsaw finds out that he like is getting stolen Jigsaw valor and then puts him in a real <laughs> Jigsaw trap. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, I never thought about it that way, but you're right. That is kind of it's like you stolen Val. I didn't I didn't put a reverse bear trap on you, you son of a bitch. And he imagine those like shows up at a book signing too. Jigsaw shows up at one of his book signings, like, hey, can you make this out to to me, Jigsaw? The oh, mobile phone do you mean footage. He, do you mean he? Sh- do you mean he shows up and walks up to Jigsaw? Walks up to him and goes, "Hey, sign this." And he goes, "Do I know who you are?" And he goes, "I'm in your book." Yes, that is exactly what I mean. <laughs> so I was imagining stolen valor, like you, like videos, like they have, like yeah, show me how that like reverse bear trap goes on, bro. No, it goes on your mouth. Sorry. Stop. <laughs> That literally happens. That's in the movie where, like, they're like, oh, can you show us, like, how he put the trap on you? And then he fucks it up on national TV. Oh, my God. He goes in for, like, a 10% off an Applebee's. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, I survived. And, like, they super – sorry, I'll stop talking about Saw in just a second. But they – he even goes to, like, a Saw survivors, like, support group and, like – one of the other victims is like, I know this motherfucker's lying. This motherfucker wasn't in a saw trap. Like, and everyone's like side eyeing him. It's really funny. Anyway, I have to imagine that's what they're ripping off because it's just too close, beat for beat. 
Yeah. To not yeah, be. Yeah, considering considering it's even got the I'm going to walk up and like I'm in your book kind of shit. Yeah, like that vibe. 100%. Yeah. Um, That's not to say that particular Saw movie is like great or anything. It is a Saw sequel, but like they at least were original whoa, whoa, whoa. when they did it. Hey. We have a whole term for digging around in the garbage to find stuff. That shit's called dumpster diving, and you're allowed to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and in the middle of this interview, after she explains that Jude was just, like, not there and then offers no follow-up information, um, she's like, can we take a break? I need to go freshen up. And I'm like, you've only been talking for, like, three minutes. Um, but the, <laughs> but Would the, not survive as a streamer. Wouldn't survive no. a fucking day. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, and wow. then April, the interviewer's like, yeah, 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 that's fine, that's fine. Um, Hey, and then she, like, waves to an assistant. She's like, uh, Lana, would you like something to drink? Can we get you, like, a sparkling water? And the next five seconds is insane. Because, first of all, they're in Lana's house. Like, what do you mean? You're in Lana's house. Why are you offering her a drink? This is Lana's house. Um, And then, even more confoundingly, um, (laughs) five milliseconds later, I mean, one frame later, Johnny is just right next to Lana with a sparkling water in hand and is like, here you go. (laughs) Here you go, Mrs. Winters. Yeah, this this immediately um, made me very upset because you can't have a character whose defining traits are uh, he kills people, he's mad, and he smokes crack and rips arms off. You can't have him just show up as like Agent Forty Seven, like slipping into the, the background. Same, yeah, exactly. Because that's what it is. Yeah, he's yeah. just like he's like, yeah, I'm a member of the crew now, and I fit in perfectly, and no one questions what I'm doing because I just have all the time. Just hyper competent and can figure out what's going on before it causes a problem. And like, that's not what Johnny does. <laughs> that's not his character. Johnny, yeah. Johnny, Johnny fucks up asking for a first edition of a book because he can't remember the word edition. Like, yeah. he can't yeah. let a sex worker s- let him suck a titty right. Like, he can't pull that off. And she's trying so hard to get the job done, you know? Yeah. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ, I gotta get home to watch TV, buddy. Like, suck this tit. Let's get going. But- yeah, like, Agent 47 could deal with a sex worker. I'm telling yeah. you right now, there'd be no problems, as opposed to Johnny, who's just fumbling the bag all... He's just crying. <laughs> crying and getting mad, flipping stuff, like, off tables. Like, really uh, just isn't handling it well. Maybe some crack would help. Like, no, Johnny, yeah. no. <laughs> it's not he smoked, he trying to solve all your problems with crack. He uh, did smoke yeah. crack before the, the sex worker showed up, and that didn't help. No, uh, Johnny, we told we told you about this johnny no and again you know what agent 47 never does on the job before the job during the job after the job he doesn't smoke crack that's not part of his character and it would be fucking wild if he did that's that's the agent 47 difference also i i mentioned this in a previous episode when we were just talking about johnny like being the son of bloody face or whatever and how they like didn't know how to make this guy not look like just what's his name from the first season dylan mcdermott's character dylan McDermott. yeah, yeah from the first yeah. season so they're like ben how Harmon, can we make yeah. yeah ben Harmon? they didn't know how to make him not look like ben Harmon. so they drew a bunch of shitty like stick on tattoos all over him and then they make him dress like he's someone from three days grace like early 2000s but is like 
a 40-year-old man trying to dress up like a 16-year-old boy. They give him like the emo Pete Wins haircut. Like it's he doesn't he doesn't look like an adult human being is what I'm saying. It looks like a skit, an SNL skit of like how do you do, fellow kids? He's constantly wearing he's wearing the same fucking jean jacket over a hoodie that he was wearing in the four months ago fucking flashback, which just makes everything even more confusing. I guess he only owns one jacket. Yeah. Um, so that's about ten minutes into the episode. Um we still have the rest of the finale to talk about. Um and, and, and for what it's worth, um we have uh the next sequence, which was so boring and so uninteresting and so poorly acted that um, I actively walked away and didn't watch the show for another 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to get through. And I guarantee um, we get conclusions to nearly every main character's storyline. Um, yeah. And they're all they're all bad. You're going to hate all of yeah. them. You're going to yeah. hate every single one of them. Yeah. I guarantee. Yeah. You will never, you will never see more back-to-back unearned closures than you than you will see in the next episode. It's unbelievable. Every character. It's so, it's so bad. It's so. Kick bad. out a new wife. Well, see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> see you next time on Dragon Ball Z. Have a good kid dies. <laughs> <laughs>